For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Attention, everybody. Starting tomorrow night, Wednesday, midnight, the beginning of Thanksgiving, store.patmcafeeshow.com will be 20% off everything for our Thanksgiving sale. Ugly Christmas sweaters, hoodies, sleevelesses, t-shirts, sweatpants, jackets, shorts, you name it. We have everything for 20% off starting tomorrow night at midnight. I'm hoping we sell everything out within the first couple hours so old CFO Phil can send me a text saying, our site is broke. Store.patmcafeeshow.com tomorrow night, midnight, to kick off and begin Thanksgiving. Our Thanksgiving Day thank you sale begins. Hello, beautiful people. It is Tuesday, November 26, 2019. And it's going to be the greatest Tuesday in the history of Tuesdays. I'm recording this from my bedroom alongside my fiance, Samantha. Hi. There she is. Our dog Val, who's half pit bull, half Sharpay, just got done drinking out of the toilet because the water is icy cold in there. The corgi that we overpaid for just here recently is in his own little room to sleep in because he is a terrorist to comfort. Hi, Val. Good to see you. I just told everybody about how you drink out of the toilet. Anyways, this past weekend was awesome. Got a chance to do college game day over there in Columbus, Ohio. I can't thank the people enough who showed me love there. There's some signs made, a lot of signs made. The boys are whittling down to their four favorite signs that made it on air. We will then have a 24-hour Twitter poll. The sign that receives the most votes wins a suite to the Big Ten Championship, and $1,000 spending cash. Immediately after that, I hopped on a plane to Chicago, Illinois, drove to a town called Rosemont, which is a little bit outside of uh, Chicago. It's uh, being completely candid. Went to a place called the Allstate Arena, and I was there for NXT's War Games. I was on the pre-show. And Mr. H, Triple H, Michael Cole, and some others asked if I would like to cut a promo to end the whole thing, to talk about the War Games pay-per-view. They let me go for two minutes. Didn't make me tell them what I was going to say or anything. Good people over there. Very thankful. I end up in the middle of the goddamn crowd with an NXT chant. Almost rolled my ankle. Thought about chugging one guy's beer. Figured it would have cost him at least 30, 35 bucks, so I didn't do that. But Saturday was one of the most electrifying days of my entire life. Dreams coming true at a rapid rate. And rocking a Jim Trestle vest on ESPN while housing a tomahawk steak right to the mouth. And talk about college football. Wow, hopping on a plane and going and getting a chance to be on an open bike in an open arena at a WWE event. Something I've dreamt about since I was a kid was absolutely fucking magical. Also magical, buying tickets with our presenting sponsor, SeatGeek. 
SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying platforms and make sure you're getting the best value for the best ticket available for the best ticket that you would like. And you're not going to get catfished either. The ticket that you buy is the ticket that you get. So you can shop with confidence. You want to go to a football game? Yeah, you do. Shop at SeatGeek. You want to go see a comedian make somebody ha 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 ha? Shop at SeatGeek. You want to go see a musician? Maybe tickle the ivory? Sing a little bit? I was in the same um, area as John Bon Jovi this morning. Didn't get to meet him, but I could feel his aura. I was singing loud just in case he would come in and interrupt. Wanted, dead or alive. John Bon Jovi didn't hear that, but you all did him for that. I'm sorry. But if you wanted to go see somebody who's actually good at singing, you buy your tickets from SeatGeek. And right now, you use promo code PAT. You get $10 off your first order. Wow. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. Holy shit. All right. Great day. Wild life. This morning, uh, Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, know that last night was the first night of a three-night stint where I get to sleep in my own bed, as do Foxy and Zito and Ty. The first time we've gotten three nights in a row at home since August. And I'll tell you what, it's great to be back at home. All fresh and ready to go. Get to see these animals. Talk to my lady a little bit more. Maybe get a little cuddle sesh, huh? Maybe some sex. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Lamar Jackson just busted off a 20-yard run. The bet on FanDuel is going to hit. Life is good, as are these conversations. I am joined by Ty Schmidt of Waterloo, Iowa. Evan Fox is in the back. Zito's in the back. The entire SNY crew. And two morning show legends, old Nate Burleson and Schrager. How's it going, boys? Awesome. You're the man. No, you're the man, Schrager. Thanks for the shout-out the other day. I do believe my onside kick was better than that other guy, so I appreciate that. (laughs) Nate Burleson, quick question. Mm -hmm. Is that Niners defense going to lead them all the way to the Super Bowl? Yes, 100%. The way they made Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable, five sacks. But you know what was more important than that? It was the pressures and the QB hits. When was the last time you saw Aaron Rodgers with the Eli face? Uh, Shregs, what's going on with Bulaga? Is he hurt for good or is he coming back? He walked off. They're concerned about it. They can't have that number 70 light out there in big spots. He was getting worked by Bosa. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay, so (laughs) Panthers, Joe Sly, he misses that field goal. Do you walk away saying it's a team loss? Or as a kicker, do you say, that one was on me, fam? Joe Sly is looking in the mirror in his eyes at the guy that lost that game completely. Spin zone, though. If Alberto Riveron doesn't have his tinfoil cap on and mad at Sean Payton and doesn't overturn that pass interference, <laughs> Sly probably makes the kick from further back because they won't jump to center, which is what they did for that short 28-yarder that made him push it. You're the it. best. You're a glorious man. No, you're the best. Have a good one. Good morning, football on NFL Network. They got a chance to interview John Bon Jovi. We will not. Yeah. And that's the difference. <laughs> All right. Um, they're good, by the way. Those two. Very good. Yep. Shrake's got inside scoops on inside scoops. Everywhere. Those, those insiders are an interesting life because they can't talk to anybody because mm-hmm. nobody trusts them. So every conversation you have with them, you're getting a coffee and you say, oh, my groin hurts a little bit. Like, oh, I got a little tight groin. Shrake goes boop, 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 right to his people. Just like Shefty, Rappaport, Shrake's, Glazer, all of them that have inside information. Tough to have friendships when you're living that life. Yeah, they're playing both sides of the, uh, the knife now, too. You know, you get to go on Good Morning Football and, and have your takes. And then at the same time, you know, you're getting those texts 
rolling in, like, oh, so-and-so's not playing this weekend. It's a nice little setup. Oh, you're talking about old Shefty, who's become a complete pundit. <laughs> yeah. Shefty will out there and roll the dice and stir the pot. Speaking of stirring the pot, that 49ers defense does a lot of that. Normally, you would lead off with Cowboys-Patriots stock, which we will get to in a little bit. But that Sunday night football game was very indicative to a lot of things. Me, I took shots at the Niners early. I said, the San Francisco 49ers team, they stunk last year. I heard all the hype about them last year. Jimmy G does, huh, instead of, huh, tears his knee. He's out. They stink. Now, this year, whenever they started winning games and that defense was just dominating folks, the offense wasn't really moving. George Kittle was a superstar, but it was very much a defense-led team. You started looking at their schedule earlier, you're like, huh, haven't played anybody, haven't played anybody, haven't played anybody. It's almost like they were playing Shane Falco the first couple weeks. It was very hard to say, yeah, this defense is incredible. Then on Monday Night Football, they played the Browns, who had all the weapons in the world, and they made them look like children out there. So then you had to pick up your respect a little bit for the 49ers. You're like, wait a minute, maybe they are studs, but the Browns, still the Browns at this point. Then they lose to the Seahawks, a game that they should have won, by the way, hindsight, uh, a missed kick away from winning that game. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, it was easy for guys like me to say, I told you, as soon as they play somebody good, game over. Then here, Sunday Night Football in Santa Clara, California, an hour outside of San Francisco, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, and the Green Bay Packers, who have been doing well this year, take on the San Francisco 49ers near Aaron Rodgers' hometown, so you expect him to have a massive Massive game. Especially go back to the draft with the quote where you ask him how disappointed he is that the Niners didn't draft him. He goes, not as disappointed as the Niners are going to be for not drafting me. So you have that whole storyline. You have them coming off a bye week. You're real excited. And then, oh boy, did that Niners defense put on a show. They absolutely slaughtered the Green Bay Packers offensive line, especially with blog out, and just absolutely demoralized that Green Bay Packers team, which scares the hell out of me. Being that Aaron Rodgers, not only the best insurance salesman on earth, but also one of my good friends, it scared me how uncomfortable they made him feel and look last night, especially going forward, Ty. Yeah, I don't want to say I told anyone so, but this is exactly what we talked about late last week. We said that if the the Niners get into a position where the, the Packers are behind the chains and they can just kind of pin their ears back and go after the quarterback, they're going to be very successful. The Packers... Rodgers had to, you know, they, they had to abandon the run game so early because they were getting their ass kicked. And, and Aaron Jones has been a star for them. They are a run-first team now. Mm-hmm. Like, they still expect Rodgers to make the plays when they're there, but th- they make no bones about it. They're trying to run the football down people's throats. That Chargers game a couple weeks ago, was it the Chargers? That yep. did? Yeah, the Chargers game a couple weeks ago was something that I thought the Packers needed. A little bit of a wake-up call. Right. Hey, how's it going? Things are going too well. Aaron Jones had like 100 touchdowns going in there. Aaron Rodgers was getting hot. That LaFleur offense was moving. And then last night against the Niners, that Niners defense, man, made it look like a kid's game out there. They have this ability on third down, on the money down, the down that gets you off the field and your money into your bank account. That defense has this ability to make other teams just look inept. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best players, most talented player of all time. Not just in the game right now, of all time. That Matt LaFleur offense was starting to run itself. Even if Aaron wasn't able to do his absolute best in a game, the run game could pick it up. Little dinks and dunks could pick it up. And last night, the San Francisco 49ers defense, which I said for a long time, they haven't played anybody. They haven't played anybody. They played the Seahawks. They lose. Now, looking back on it, they played the Seahawks. They should have won. Mm-hmm. And against the Packers, they showed up in a big 
way. That defensive front with Bosa and Buckner and I believe there's a Williams in there and D Ford, I assume, is going to get back at some point. They make people look bad. And if you have a little bit of a weakness on your offensive line, they're going to find it, they're going to expose it, and they're going to celebrate in your face because of it. Whenever Bulaga got hurt last night, you might as well just start nope, playing the trumpets, get the fat lady, tell her to start singing. Yeah. It was going to be a long night, and it was just that for the Packers. Even though I don't think the world is lost for the Packers, I don't know how, if they run into that Niners team in the future, they can fix what happened other than maybe getting the ball out of your hands quicker if you're Aaron. I don't know. You're going to have to drop different plays because they were on top of him before he could even say, hot, 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 hot. <laughs> That's real. Yeah, I mean, and I, I said it last night and a lot of people were like, whoa, whoa, you need to calm down. The Packers look like pretenders because whoa. when it comes to when it comes to this tennis, if you have a good team like that, you don't give a rat's ass about winning the division. Like I don't care that who cares if they win the division. We're we're trying to win the Super Bowl and what they showed last night, if they have to go back to San Francisco, it's it's tough imagining that they're going to be any more successful. It's kind of interesting because everyone talks about the you know the best part about Rodgers games is he likes to hold on to the ball. He creates that though that extra time where he can get out of the pocket and make plays for his receivers. Yeah. That plays right into their strength and also now the the receivers had a hell of a time getting open last night. He's still kind of trying to find his groove with the uh Devontae Adams, so he's forcing balls to him. Other guys aren't getting open because Devontae's back. Aaron Jones has been basically absent from the passing game the last couple weeks. They have a lot they need to fix. Luckily, they have three kind of cupcake games coming up here where they can kind of right the ship a little bit. Advanced practices. I- exactly. But for the Niners, they look like there's not a lot that can beat them. I mean, no. I mean, granted, they lost to the Seahawks. But they should have won that game. Right. They could kick you in that game. That defense is stout. Not only up in the front, but Richard Sherman and the boys in the back the secondary as well. is great. And then the offense... Now, granted, the secondary feeds off of how good the front is. Right. Because you get pressure on the quarterback, get him off balance, you got to throw well, a lot of pl- uh, passes that end up as tips or overthrows and things like that. So definitely much... It goes in stereo, but that defense is dominant and it's fun to watch. And on the offensive side of the ball, Kyle Shanahan, not only the most swagged out younger coach on the sideline, with the Ruka hat and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he looks good. Has been to the Super Bowl. We won't talk about that outcome. But he's a guy that can draw plays for his players to succeed, i.e. George Kittle, who's the best tight end in the game right now. He can run. He has an incredible personality. And whenever your quarterback is struggling, having a good tight end is the perfect person to have. Having Kyle Shanahan's brain draw up the running backs and things like that, I think this could be a very, very dangerous team going forward, obviously. And I know... I was wrong when I said they... No, actually, I wasn't wrong. You weren't. Hey, I I was not wrong. When I said they hadn't played anybody, that statistically and factually was not incorrect. So all of San Francisco started coming after me. Oh, yeah. Why don't you say about the Patriots? Valid, but the Patriots have won 45 Super Bowls. This team's brand new. Mm -hmm. This team's brand new. So I was like, I have they proved anything? Yeah, they're good. They're good. They haven't played anybody. But now that they've had this performance, not only on primetime television against the Browns, who look like they're maybe back, not only against the Seahawks, where they should have won, but now against the Packers in dominant fashion, respect needs to be given to the San Francisco 49ers, and I'm happy to do it. Right, Mills. I have a friend who's rather large who knows things about offensive line play and happens to know the 49ers defense pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
I said, what is the problem with that defense that makes them so much better than everybody else? It seems like it's a pretty basic concept what he's running. And he broke down to me that on third downs, they have this ability to get five rushers so that every one of your offensive linemen is one-on-one. So if there's a weakness in your offensive line at all, it's going to be exposed on third down, which is the money down, the only down that matters. Yesterday, Bulaga gets hurt, so obviously they just start attacking that. Bosa has a big day. But if they run into a team that can slow down their guys up front on third down, I think maybe they're in trouble. But I think it's going to be very hard to find a team that could do that. The team that instantly pops in my mind that the Niners have in the next couple weeks is the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens have a great offensive line. If you can hold up on third down and not let those absolute savages up front for the Niners eat, I think you can hold up pretty well, but it seems like it's going to be difficult to get five guys lined up next to each other at the end of a season who are all on the same page that can go one-on-one with a great pass rusher, no matter who it is. They got Bosa, obviously, and Buckner, but D. Ford's coming back as well. Mm-hmm. They got it. They got talent on top of talent out there. That's going to be tough to stop. And that Niners team, I didn't give them enough uh, respect and credit early because I didn't think they played anybody. They played somebody. And they made them look bad. That Packers team looked bad last night. Yeah, they looked terrible. Offensively, uh, George Kittle, I think, is the best player in football. He's so good. I really do. And he's a mismatch nightmare no matter who's out there. He, I almost, I mean, he's an Iowa guy, so it's kind of a homer take. But I, I feel like he's Gronk, but he's a better blocker. Like he literally, Rock I mean, was a great blocker. Too. He he was, and the only reason I say that is because Iowa runs the ball a lot, so you know he was blocking a bunch. But I just, I feel like with him on the field. They they are bar none the best team in the in football. Very similar to Gronk, right? Both in whenever he shows up, how you can stop him, you can't, mm-hmm. and in blocking. Gronk was a very good blocker, which I think is why a lot of his teammates would even say best to ever do it because sure. he wasn't just a one sided animal. But Kittle, he finds a way to get open, and when he gets open, he pulls away from people. Yeah, big, lumbering, strapping, funny white dude just pulling away from people, and it seems as if he's all in on the team. Loves the defensive side of the ball, loves his teammates. His teammates love him, which is a big deal. Kyle Shanahan also drawing up plays for him to get open. That offense has not been flashy. Mm -mm. That offense hasn't been like, oh, that's my fantasy football offense. But they're winning. Yeah. And I assume they're only going to get better and better with it. That Seahawks game, if you look back, they had like three different chances to win it. They could have won it. They could be the only undefeated team in football right now. And I assume this conversation would be happening everywhere, as opposed to the convo that is happening everywhere, which is Cowboys' Jerry Jones hates Jason Garrett. Has the time come for Jerry Jones to say, enough with the crap, smiling, clapping guy? (laughs) Sure felt like that after the game. Jerry Jones talks a lot. A lot. Jerry Jones is a very powerful man in this industry, so his voice is heard on a very regular occasion. He has marketed his team to be America's team, one of the biggest franchises in the entire world. doesn't matter if it comes to sport, just, just franchise in general. Mm-hmm. Has taken zero of the citizens' tax dollars to build up his office, his facility there, Jerry World. So you got to have a lot of respect for the man. A couple weeks ago, he takes a lot of shots at his own coaching staff, in my eyes, whenever he complimented Zimmer's coaching ability in shutting down Ezekiel Elliott. I mentioned it. I talked about it. Everybody from Dallas said, no, no, no. He was just giving a compliment. He's a nice guy. Then a couple weeks before that, he said that the offensive coordinator position is the hottest seat in all of sports or something like mm-hmm. that. I said, wait a minute. Is he going after Kellen Moore? Everybody said, no, no, no. He didn't mean it like that. He talks a lot. That, that quote was taken out of context. Let's play what Jerry Jones said just yesterday after the game. By the way, in New England, that was a close game. That they probably could have won. Terrible weather. Terrible weather. 
which almost leads into Jerry Jones' point even more after you hear it, Mm -hmm. but could have won. This is what Jerry Jones says. I don't think there's a game that a coaching staff uh, has areas that it wouldn't uh, couldn't do better in, and um, uh, I just uh, don't like it that we've got so many as I'm standing here tonight. Okay, he also said some other things I believe about how. Special teams is directly correlated to the coaching, which, by the way, when you're playing against Belichick, Belichick cares about the special teams. He's, like, invested in the special teams. And they got a guy named Matthew Slater. Matthew Slater is one of the best special – is the best special teams player of all time. His dad, Jackie Slater, NFL legend, so he's a generational talent. He's very, very good. They also have Justin Bethel, good schemes, block a punt, score a touchdown, bing, bang, boom. Don't put a returner back. You put the Cowboys punt team in a blender because you didn't put a returner back. Mm -hmm. That means they were never, ever prepared for an over number of people inside the box because when you don't have a returner back, you have nine people in the box on a punt, which means that your front line has to zone protect, basically, instead of man protect, which is normal. If, If I am a punter in a game and I see no returner back and I'm punting into the wind, I am so happy because all I have to do is just catch it, low line that thing, and it's just going to run out. Mm -hmm. Instead, they get a delay a game because they don't know what to do. Then they get an illegal shift, and then they lose 20 yards of field position (laughs) with Belichick choosing not to put a returner back. He beats them in all aspects of the game, which is why Jerry Jones said, I built this team better, which I would argue he's right. With that weather, the rain, the wind, all that, to have a great O-line, which is what the Cowboys supposed to have, yeah. to have a great running game, which is what the Cowboys are supposed to have, in a defense that can do well and can swarm and can move to the ball, you would think that that game was almost set up for them to succeed as opposed to the Patriots. And here we are talking about a Patriots team that still doesn't have their offense clicking yet. They made a play down there in Nikhil Harry. Yep. Great back shoulder throw, great catch. But he drops one later where most of the time those balls are caught. Mm -hmm. Julian Edelman had one hit off his hands, which doesn't normally happen. He makes up for it later, but normally those are caught. So this was a defense and special team strictly win for the Patriots. And if you're a Cowboys at Jerry Jones, you're like, come on, this was one of our only chances to get this win. And it looks like this season is kind (laughs) of spiraling out of control. The thing I don't understand either is, look, the Jason Jason Garrett is going to get his ass canned. He he probably deserves to. He's been there far too long, I think many would argue. Nine years he's been there clapping. Nine years. Two playoff wins. Right. But, like, they have had several more, um, like, much more egregious losses this year. I, I just, I don't know why after this game, like, I mean, I guess diehard Cowboys fans maybe expected them to win, but, like, is anyone really that shocked that no. that's the way that game played out? No. Like, it's just interesting that he would take a stand that hard after this game as opposed to, like, the Minnesota game or, or a handful of these other losses where they really had no business Well, losing. I think once you start looking down the line, both them and Philadelphia have a pretty good schedule. Mm-hmm. But they have a couple more losses, I think, coming down, and I don't think Philadelphia has that many. And they're not going to get the wild card spot. So this is another year where the Cowboys and Jerry Jones could have been having this conversation up in the suite. It looks like we're not making the playoffs this year, boy. And that could be tough to take, especially if you're the uh, owner of a franchise that's supposed to be marketed everywhere. Finding the perfect pair of jeans is a real pain. Who wants to go to the mall and try on a bunch of pants that don't fit and are stiff as a board? No one is the answer to that question, if you're wondering. Exactly. Well, a few former Under Armour execs saw an opportunity here and took everything they knew about athletic apparel and applied it to denim, denim, denim. 
RevTown created a proprietary fabric that combines Italian milled denim, a little bit of stretch, and a strong, durable thread, just like the stuff used in football uniforms and workout gear. RevTown jeans are as tough as work pants, as comfortable as sweatpants, and as stylish as designer jeans. Born in the Rust Belt, Pittsburgh to be specific, RevTown jeans are built to last. Our athletic strength denim keeps up with you on the go from the office to the bar and anywhere your weekend may take you. You want to hear the kicker? Because <laughs> that was a ball kicker. By dealing directly with the customer, you can get your hands on these jeans for a killer price. You can get your hands on these durable, flexible, and ultra-comfortable jeans for just $79. That's less than half the price of a traditional designer jean. It's from Pittsburgh, which means these some bitches work hard. They took some proprietary fabric that makes them stretchy to work with you, not against you. They're comfortable and durable and less than half the price of a traditional designer jean. Head over to RevTownUSA.com to pick up a pair. RevTown offers free shipping and free returns, so you have no excuse not to grab some new jeans for this winter season. I'm sick of you guys wearing the uncomfortable jeans. Get with it. Get with the jeans that stretch a little bit and work with you. You only have to wear one or two pairs for the entire winter. RevTownUSA.com. Be comfortable. Look good. And have a damn good time doing it. I think Patriots fans are probably very upbeat. They know that they're winning games right now without the best player in football playing that well. Without the best player in football being able to get on the same page as the rest of the offense. Their offense, eh, very average, below average. I think it's like in the 20s or something like that, which Mm -hmm. is not normal, obviously. But their defense and special teams are winning them games. Patriots fans are like, listen, we have Tom Brady. We have Julian Edelman, also a Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of guys on the offensive side of the ball. Not as many as we're used to having. We don't have the Gronk or an electric weapon like that. But we still got guys that are smart and have won before. And they've been playing like dude do. And we're still 10-1. and one. They are 10-1 and one right now. And we have yet to see them come anywhere near what they could potentially be here in the next... It could come at any time. Right. Bill Belichick has said... Real football doesn't begin until after Thanksgiving. Exactly. He might not have said that publicly, but I think maybe somebody who was in the Patriot way let that leak out. And Thanksgiving, just a couple days away. Get a chance to get a little turkey, some stuffing. Hmm. <laughs> Toss in a ham there. I eat an, an apple pie because I'm an American. People love the, the, the pumpkin pie. I'm not big on the pumpkin pie because uh, I think it needs whipped cream, and I'm not a whipped cream guy. So I'll, I'll stick with the apple pie. Nonetheless, everybody comes over. Everybody gets fat. It's Thanksgiving. Excited about that. But in Bill Belichick's head, he's not thinking about any of that. What he's thinking about is like, okay, now we have to play real football. Now we have to look back on the first three quarters of the season and see what worked and what didn't work, get rid of what didn't work, keep what worked, and our offense has got to figure it out. That defense is humming. I mean, Stephon Gilmore just said, uh-uh, to Amari Cooper, who has been playing a very high level of football as of late. Yep. 26 of 30 routes that Amari Cooper ran, Stephon Gilmore was uh, covering him. You know how many balls Amari Cooper caught yesterday? Hmm. Zero. You know how many balls Stephon Gilmore caught yesterday? One. Stephon Gilmore had more receptions as a Cowboy last night than Amari Cooper. When you got a guy that can just lock folks down, 
And you got a leader like Kyle Van Noy and the rest of the group that can get pressure and also all play on a string and know exactly where everybody's headed. That is tough to stop. And then you got special teams. Not only do you have Matt Slater, the best special teams player of all time, they also have Justin Bethel, who is a Pro Bowl special teamer. You got old Joe in the middle snapping. Jake Bailey, the rookie, has been doing a great job. And Nick Falk, although he missed a couple kicks, which might be... By the way, they were all bashing Goskowski, all Patriots fans. Hey, guy misses wicked, wicked kicks, dude. He, <laughs> he misses wicked amounts of kicks, dude. It's like, yeah, but you don't know what else is out there. That's just like the Colts fans that want to get rid of Vinatieri. It's like, hey, I know Instagram looks good when people only post their makes, but there's a lot of misses that come, especially whenever there's 70,000 people watching and millions and millions of dollars on the line. So maybe their weakness is folk. Right now, everybody's saying the offense is a weakness. I, I, would, I, would, I would agree. But we all know they're going to figure it out. That's just what they do. And the Cowboys on the other side, they were built to win that game last right. night. Now, that phantom tripping call, Alberto Riveron just can't help himself. Bill Belichick tells Alberto Riveron, hey, we've noticed that the Dallas Cowboys, they get a little kicksy. You know what I mean? They trip a little bit. And that's exactly what happens, by the way. You watch film, and then you call the ref. You call Alberta Riveron, and you say, hey, we've been noticing on film that they've been getting a little handsy on the back end, and with the, when we run these routes and these things, we don't want to get grabbed or tugged. And then Alberto Riveron will relay that down to the officials that are calling the game. They'll watch some films, and then before the game, they'll come over and they'll say, okay, other than the, the holding in the back end, you have anything else? And the special teams guy will be like, yeah, their long snapper lifts the ball up before he snaps it. That's a false start, but if our guys move, we want to know that they're moving on that. So it's like almost trying to help the refs out with things that you're potentially going to do and make sure that the rules don't get in the way. So Bill Belichick obviously reported that, hey, this Cowboys team, you know, they, they stick a leg out there. They've been tripping folks, especially when we run these stunts. They've been tripping folks. And it showed up two times last night. And both of them were pretty, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, not John, great. John Perry, ESPN Monday Night Football said that they were both wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to say, hey, we were wrong. We're sorry for that. And they'll send an email down to uh, Dallas to Jason Garrett, who's heard Jerry Jones' comments about his position as the coach of the team. And that email will say, uh, we're sorry. We messed up on uh, this trip that would have had you a first down in a game-winning drive instead of a fourth and 11. Yeah, we're sorry about that. We messed that one up. Uh, this other trip, we messed this one up. Uh, there was this hold on this return, this, 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 a whole laundry list of things. And Jason Garrett's just supposed to sit there and go, oh, yeah, hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Because right now, the only talk is that the Cowboys are going to have to fire their head coach. The talk is that the Cowboys probably not going to make it to the playoffs because you lose that game. And nobody thought they were going to win it at all. And they set themselves up to be in a position to potentially win it in the fourth quarter with how bad they've played. And instead, Alberto Riveron's crew, the Riveron gang, throws a flag on a trip that didn't exist and puts them in a 4th and 11 instead of a first down moving forward on a game-winning drive. I mean, that's tough. It's tough to beat the Patriots. It's tough to beat the Patriots in Foxborough. It's tough to beat the Patriots in Foxborough in November. It's tough to beat the Patriots in Foxborough in November against the refs. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. They, there would be maybe some cause for concern if the Pats were like 7-4 and four or something like that, but they've proved that 
Brady doesn't have to be on the top of his game. They're still winning games, and everyone, like you said, everyone thinks like he's going to figure it out at some point. If he doesn't, they've still shown that they can win, win if he doesn't figure it out. Ten times out of 11. 10 and 1. Seahawks, they had MVP candidate. They're really good. They've already lost twice. Mm-hmm. This Patriots team, who doesn't really have an offense yet, is 10 and 1. It's a joke. Just got texted a tweet from our Canadian friend Gumpy quoting Kevin Seifert or Seifert? Seifert. S-E-I-F-E-R-T in his Twitter photo. He has a little bit of a box top uh, and then glasses. He goes, number of times a team has been called twice for tripping in one game in the last 10 years before yesterday? Two times. So it was obviously a point of emphasis that old Belichick got across. And in the end... His great coaching, putting that word into the ref's ears, gets them the win and makes it a crucial 4th and 11 that Amari Cooper, I thought caught, by the way, turns out he dropped it. I don't think I fully understand that rule, too. If it hits the ground and control it and you don't control it, I don't think I fully get it. I don't but it definitely hit the ground and moved, so it wasn't a catch. Also, I don't like this narrative necessarily because now Cowboys fans will run with this and act like that's the only reason they lost the game. I mean, granted, it was there were two big calls, but again, like, you know, if you're... Hold on, all, no. Two big calls... Blocked punt. Without those three things, without those three plays happening, whole new narrative today. Cowboys are back. NFC East. Jason Garrett, what a coach. Instead, Jason Garrett stinks. They got beat not only on the punt block, but on another punt where Belichick decided not to put a returner back and put nine men in the box. They got so flustered they took a delay a game, and then they did it again, got so flustered they had an illegal shift, and then Belichick puts a returner back there, Fred catches it, and gains 20 yards somehow. They just got outcoached and all things. But without that trip, and they could potentially go down and win it, without that block punt, whole different story. Jason Garrett somehow goes into Foxborough and gets a win. That's why football is the greatest thing on earth. Yeah, I mean, and see, the my, greatest thing on earth. My, uh, my argument would be like, well, they still have to score a touchdown there. They hadn't scored all day. The Patriots' defense buckles down down there in the red zone. You, you still have to go in and score and beat them. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm happy they got beat yesterday. And I'm happy that Jerry came out after the game and basically took a shot at Garrett and said, hey, you know, like, I'm, I'm wearing thin on this guy. I, I don't want him anymore. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm jacked up. I don't know very many of them who want Jason and Garrett back next year. Well, Dak Prescott, completely different side. You talk bad about Dak, you get attacked. Right. You talk bad about Jason Garrett, it's kind of like a, eh, I'll let you say it. <laughs> They're yeah. not really like pro or against you. They're just like, yeah, yeah, maybe. It's been nine years. We haven't won much. We would like a different guy in here. I'll be excited. I guess there's a rumor that Jason Garrett wants to go to the Giants if he leaves Dallas. Maybe a good fit. Hey, I want to go to the Giants. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to be the head coach of the Giants, too. And how about you, Ty? You want to be head coach? Yeah, anyway? sure. Maybe if they want to like let me play O-line or quarterback. You want to be, be offensive awesome. line? Yeah, sure. I okay. Bone up a little bit. All right. So these are all things that we want. Yeah. <laughs> good for Jason Garrett. I guess they're firing their coach, Shermer. They they need to. He just same deal. We were, we were talking about this earlier this morning in New York. I feel like you need a guy who's just kind of a hard ass. You can't really just have like a milk toast guy who's always getting offended by the media and like whining and pouting. They they need someone who's a proven winner again. They haven't been worth a damn since Tom Coughlin left. Agreed. Seahawks get the win over the Eagles. I think the Eagles still win the NFC East because their schedule is favorable for them. Mm-hmm. I think the Dallas Cowboys not going to make the playoffs, and there's going to be another entire round of drama with the Cowboys this offseason. I can't wait for that. Cleveland Browns put up 41 versus Miami. Not dead yet. The fifth wild card spot on the AFC is going to the Buffalo Bills. I think everybody can agree with that. Mm-hmm. But that sixth one is going to be highly contested. Colts, Titans, Browns, Steelers, 
A lot of teams looking for that thing. With Ducky Hodges uh, flying the flock in Pittsburgh, everybody's on notice. I think the Bills are good, by the way. Beat Denver 28-3. I think so, too. I think they had really good uh, defense. I think Josh Allen with big hands, big arm, is starting to figure it out a little bit. It, they they do have, they have a recipe to to go and win, especially on the road in the playoffs. If you can defend people like they can, and they one thing you notice with their games, they they never get blown out and they never really blow anybody out. It always seems like they play someone close. Granted, they won twenty to three this week, but for the most part, I feel like they play no matter who they're playing, they play them very close and very tough. Jets blow out the Raiders. Welcome back to Sam Darnold playing football good again. Build up the hope for the Jets fans just to crash down yet again in the offseason. Now it's time to remind you that Omaha Steaks has the most ridiculous special every holiday season. Not only are they the most tasty and tender meats, but also I think they're giving away the whole fucking business with this thing. Listen, it's time again for the favorite gift package. It's a gift package that includes what seems to be an entire restaurant worth of food that just shows up at your house. Right now, Omaha Steaks is sharing an amazing limited-time holiday offer that listeners of this show can get a jump on, not only their holiday shopping, but maybe preparing for the rest of the year when it comes to your meats in the mouth. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code AMERICA in the search bar to order the favorite gift package, the gift everyone will love, for only $69.99. Buy one for yourself, too, because when I start listing off all the things that come in this for $69.99, your mind's going to be... Blown. Here's what you get. Four six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet mignon. That's the most tender steak in the world. Four savory premium pork chops. Four Omaha Steaks burgers. Four perfectly brown potatoes au gratin. Four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets. An Omaha Steaks signature seasoning packet. And, and only for listeners of this show, a free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board. All this delicious food and meat, plus the free cutlery set that they'll enjoy for years to come for only $69.99. Omaha Steaks are the most tender, the most flavorful, and you can only get steaks of this quality from Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher. Again, order now and you can get the favorite gift holiday package plus the free six-piece cutlery set and a cutting board for only $69.99. Just go to omahasteaks.com and type America in the search bar. Don't wait. This offer does end soon. Go to omahasteaks.com, type America in the search bar to order the gift package everyone will love. Order the favorite gift package today from our friends at Omaha Steaks. Listen, this shit's insane. They're giving away all the meat that they have and a six-piece cutlery set. Get there now. OmahaSteaks.com, search bar America. Buy one for, you know, a family member. Buy one for a friend. Buy one for yourself. It's about to get cold. You'll have all the meats, the seasoning, everything you could possibly need. $69.99. It's fucking wild to me. Shout out to Omaha Steaks, though. I think we're being joined by a man who played offensive line for a long time, an all-pro, an all-American man. Ladies and gentlemen, I think joining us, Josh Sitton. Welcome back, Josh. Hey, what's up, Matt? How are you, bud? 
Oh my God, where are you calling us from right now? Are you on vacation? Uh, no, I'm actually sitting on my brother's back porch. Oh. What well, looks? He, he just had a baby, so we're we're coming over here to, to hang out with the new fresh baby. Well, congrats on being an uncle. I th- I don't think you get enough credit in this whole thing. Uh, honestly, I completely agree. He's been he's been soliciting my advice for the past three days. So, um, you know, I've got two, so I'm an expert. Well, I, I, well, congratulations not only be a great dad, great uncle, but people soliciting advice. I think you're going to be getting a call potentially from the Packers. Last night, Bulaga gets hurt, and that Niners D-line and their front four that becomes a front five on third down had their way with Green Bay. How? What is the way to stop that, especially if something's bleeding it, it, like it was for the Green Bay Packers? Man, honestly, there's no way to stop that. you got to – you got to be successful early on running the ball, and the Packers weren't able to do that. Which you know, I was kind of surprised they've been uh, they've been able to run the ball successfully against everybody. Um, when you get when you get that much talent on defense on third down, you ain't stopping that. You're not uh, you know you're not going to be able to scheme anything. It just is what it is, man. And they they kind of got their butts whooped up front. Okay, the last time we talked to you, you said this is the Packers and Saints and NFC. And that was before the Niners had played anybody. Now, granted, they've played the Seahawks. They should have won that game. They lose that game. They put on a show here against the Packers. Has anything changed on your thoughts about the Niners, especially going into the playoffs? I I mean, it, it uh, it's changed a little bit, but I'm still going with uh, the Saints and Packers. I look at um, – if you look at the Seahawks game – it came down to Jimmy T having to throw the ball and take over the game, and he couldn't do it, and that's why they lost the game. Uh, I've just got more faith in the other quarterback uh, in that uh, top of that division. Um, obviously, they just whooped up on the Packers, but I think if things don't go to schedule um, for San Fran week in and week out, uh, then they're not going to be able to, to pull it off in the end. Um, and if you look at if you look at their schedules going out, I think San Fran could lose. Uh, three of their last five, and honestly, I think the Packers run the table and win the rest of them. And I think the Saints probably maybe lose one more. Um, you know, you look at the that Colts game, or uh, you know, even the Falcons this week. Um, so I, I think I think there's still a chance that the NFC Championship goes through New Orleans or Green Bay. Well, keep that baby guarded from the pterodactyl that seems to be flying around in the background there. Uh, who Do you think the Packers, if they have to run into the Niners again, will have an answer for that? What is the answer for that? If you're obviously outmanned up front, getting the ball out quicker, getting the run game going, what is the answer for that for the Packers if they have to run into the Niners? Well, you've got to be able to run the ball. And it's, uh, it's tough to beat a team twice in this league, as you know. Um, but I think if... If the Packers have to go to New Orleans or have to go back to San Fran, then, you know, I don't think they, they make it anywhere. Um, it's whoever's going to have that home game. And that's, you know, that's pretty obvious. That's kind of the way it goes in this league. Whoever has that, uh, that home championship game usually wins. Uh, but I think it's especially true this year with, um, New Orleans, uh, you know, probably the, the second toughest place to play in this league. And, and San Fran is just, riding so much momentum right now and, and kicking ass everywhere so uh wherever it wherever that game is is, is going to be who wins but I don't, I don't really think they have an answer except for being able to run the ball successfully um you can't just sit back and drop back and, and pass the ball 
you got to move the pocket and things like that, and you set that up the run game. Okay, let's talk about home field advantage and pivot to the other side of the league. New England is notoriously impossible to get a win against in Foxborough. Yesterday, the Cowboys had the conditions, the temperature, the weather, which almost could have helped their team maybe, but in the end they lose to the Patriots, special teams and defense and things of that nature. Have you gotten a chance to hear what Jerry Jones said about his coach, Coach Jason Garrett, after the game? And do you think that the Cowboys are all hype and have no shot of making the playoffs this year? Uh, well, yeah, I did hear what Jerry Jones says. And, you know, a lot of people give him crap because uh, most GMs and owners don't speak like he does. And uh, they don't do interviews and people think he's cocky, in which, you know, he is. It, it is what it is. Um, but I, I, I like him being candid. I love, uh, you know, he's normally giving you uh, an honest response. And he, he lets his emotions kind of hang on his sleeves there. And I like that about him. And he's kind of putting that, that coaching staff on notice. Um, we all know that, you know, Jason Garrett is in the hot seat. If he wasn't, he would, uh, he would have an extension already. Um, and you know, you got to blame somebody. And when you have that much talent on a football team, you've got, you know, four or three or four first rounders on the offensive line. You got Zeke Elliott, you got Amari Cooper that traded the first rounder away from four and you got that talent on the defensive line. Uh, and you're not getting the production out of that defensive side. You know, you gotta, you gotta put the blame somewhere and, uh, you know, special teams did lose them the game yesterday. They had all the uh, all the advantages to, to go win that game, and uh, they couldn't pull it off. And, you know, it's not easy to go into New England and win. We all know that. Um, but they had a chance, and, and they blew it. And, you know, Jerry's right. It, I, think it is, uh, I think it is on the coaching staff. I agree. I absolutely agree. Because I think even whenever I saw the weather report, I was like, oh, this is Cowboys game. This is Cowboys game with the rain, the wind. Now, granted, the Patriots offense hasn't been moving that much. They had a couple spots there where they showed some flashes. I still am in the bank that they're going to figure it out. But they're going to have to because in the AFC, there's another big swinging Richard and that is the Baltimore Ravens who are playing tonight against the Rams you're an offensive lineman let's say you're a part of Yonda in the boys Baltimore Ravens offensive line and you got Lamar Jackson behind you what are the thoughts and how does that team get stopped unless Lamar Jackson gets a cold or something like that it's uh it's fun man blocking for a guy like that would be would be a hell of a time and I'll I'll say this I've I, I think coach Harbaugh is coach of the year hands down i don't think it's close he he had the balls to go take a kid like lamar jackson and change up his staff yep. and change up their entire scheme and most teams and most coaches do not have the balls to go do that so props to that whole organization because that's an unbelievable move and uh, i think they're proving a lot of people wrong and and you're kind of seeing a shift in uh in the nfl with these quarterbacks uh, I mean, honestly, I think the only thing that can slow them down is an injury to Lamar. And everybody says he takes hits differently and doesn't, you know, he's not going to get hurt and this and that. Well, I mean, at some point it's going to catch up to him. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be this year. Uh, you know, once they go pay him $40 million, I bet they won't be running running him as much. But, <laughs> um, you know, he he's not slowing down any time. And that's a hell, it's a hell of a team to watch. I mean, you'd love to play for a team like that as an offensive line because there's so much confusion in what they do. And it's not just because Lamar can run so well. It's because the scheme they run confuses the hell out of defenses. And it's just, it's fun to watch. They're, they're a blast to watch. 
We were talking to Kyle Williams last week, former Buffalo Bill. He was out on a duck hunt in the middle of the woods in Louisiana. We were talking to him about it, and he said, basically, the D-line is kind of in this terrible position because if they're just trying to keep him contained, then there's no rush, and he has all day, and he can make the passes in the pretty easy route tree that they have for him to go to a tight end. And then if you go for it, he's going to make you miss and make you look stupid. So there's literally nothing that a D-line can really prepare for other than if individuals can make plays. And I think that that's kind of how he viewed it all. I assume offensive lines, the same thought. Yeah, I, I agree. There's a guy like that. The only way you stop him is you have to get your two guys in the middle, have to get pressure. That's the only way you can affect a guy like that. And you have to let your edge guys kind of slow rush, but your two guys up the middle have to get pressure. And if you, if you send blisters, he's going to beat you throwing it. Or if he gets past that first line, you know, if you blitz five, Typically, there's not another guy to sit back there and go make the tackle, right? So, it, it, you don't stop that guy. And honestly, right now, you can't even contain him. Okay, so Aaron Donald is a middle guy that is playing this evening. What can he do that can help out this whole thing? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's the key to this game is is what kind of pressure he can get in the middle. And you're not even, you know, you're not even looking to sack Lamar. You're looking to really just get him off his spot, but not let him – get out of the pocket if you let him if he gets off his spot and gets out of the pocket he's you know you're screwed there's no chance in hell he's a better athlete than probably anybody in the nfl right now i mean uh, uh he's he's made people look so freaking stupid it's it's yes. fun to watch yep um but yeah you've got to affect him and make him get off his spot throwing the ball without him moving out of the pocket if that makes sense is the yeah it definitely makes sense and i appreciate that breakdown is the deficiency of the patriots right now on the offensive side of the ball their offensive line or their speed or both uh i mean honestly it's a combination of everything um but you know they they've uh gotten the new left tackle in there and once he gets grooving a little bit and gets a little bit of experience that's going to sure up and uh the Nikhil harry kid is i think he's a baller so I think they're going to get better. And like you said, um, you know, you, you got to bet on the Patriots to figure it out in December. That They always do. Uh, why would they not now? But, I mean, I, I, I definitely think Tom <laughs> – That's such a real thought right there, by the way. It's like, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, their offense looked bad. Yeah, they're terrible. Okay, who wants to say anything bad about them? Anybody? No. Yeah, Does like, anybody, not... <laughs> anybody think they're not going to figure it out? Nope, not a single person. No, no, no chance in hell I'm betting against those guys. Uh, I mean – Bill Belichick, obviously best coach ever. Tom Brady, the the, the best quarterback ever. Uh, you know, how do you bet against those guys? Yeah, they you know they look like crap right now, honestly. But uh, they'll figure out a way, um, you know, to to figure it out in December. But they just they don't lose games. And when you have a defense like that, uh, you can, you know, Tom Brady is a game manager right now. You know, it's, it's crazy to say, but he just manages games and lets his defense go score freaking. Uh, five points a game or whatever. So uh, that's just what they have to do. Yeah, I think they've kept opponents to fourteen or less points. Like so, uh, I forget the it's a it's an astronomical number that is just absolutely absurd. That defense is unbelievable. Wait, they lose Gronk and somehow the whole team gets even better. It, it's just almost unfair at this point the way things are operating. We talked to Kyle Van Noy a couple weeks. He said it's because there's a lot of vets in there, a lot of guys that have been in this scheme so they know when I zig, he'll zag and everything like that. That can be something that can really obviously help long term, I'd assume. Well, they're so smart and most most teams are just not that smart. I know I, I spoke on it a few weeks ago with you. They're that much smarter than everybody. And I was I was watching a show on the NFL Network, 
Um, they're breaking down like the hundred best players ever. And they had uh, Belichick on there, and they were he's a host. He's a host yeah, of that show. Yeah, yeah, and he was great. You know, they started talking about him, and he said, "Well, you know, he almost made it sound simple." He said, "You find your strengths, and you exploit them, and you find their weaknesses." And he was talking about the art of war, and you find their weaknesses and you exploit them. And it's just so simple, and we all know that, but he just does it so much better than everybody. And he gets his whole defense, he gets the whole team to do that, which is incredible because it's such a short week each week practice, and it's such a short amount of time to get ready for these games. For him to be able to have all these schemes in and have all these guys know the scheme and be able to communicate it is uh, is pretty damn incredible. Him hosting that is a great get by the NFL Network, by the way. Oh, it's unbelievable. I don't know how the hell they pulled that off. Because I think even just the things that just slip out of his mouth are going to be so insightful because it's like, oh, this guy never really lets us into his world when mm-hmm. it comes to football. Other than to do your job documentaries where they talk about all the, the little things, but listening to him give his thoughts on how players play in different positions and things like that, if you listen to that, I'm assuming it's going to be football 101 all the way through 501 if you just listen to the entire series and let him slip some gems out. I love it. I mean, he's breaking down running backs from the fifties, and he he knows their he knows ex- everything about him. Like, this guy's a he's a freak, man. He um he grew up in the Naval Academy, I guess, in the football because his dad was a coach there for forty years. They said yeah. that he comes back and just watches film there and stuff. He's not scared to break it down. Just an absolute football dude, football guy of all football guys. I would have loved to play for him. I think he wouldn't have loved me. I think <laughs> I would have enjoyed playing for him. I think uh, I, was, I was gonna say I don't I don't think I would have made it a week in New England. Me, but. me neither. <laughs> me neither. I heard that Patriot way is a different way, but it seems to be a winning yeah. one. Um, Mister Sitton. I can't thank you enough for joining us, buddy. Get back to being a great uncle. All right, I will, man. Appreciate you guys. Was that a pterodactyl that was flying ahead there early? I hung up. You see it flying, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Have a good one, Josh. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, Good guy. Yeah, he's the best. Played in the NFL 11 years. Knows a lot of things. uh, I think he won a Super Bowl. He did, with the Packers. Won a Super Bowl with the Packers. Guy's been there, done that, and he's cool, which I appreciate. Beard chilling on a back patio right there. Just became an uncle. Congrats to him. The conversation about Lamar Jackson, I think, is so intriguing to all us, uh, you know, retired players. Because whenever you're in, like, the building, you get to hear what people talk about, right? So you get to hear some coaches' ideas. Even offensive coaches have ideas on how you would stop that. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's at the in lunch or walking down the hall, you know, be like, did you see that uh, thing? Like, yeah, I saw his highlight last night. How do you stop that? I think you would, and you would hear these people, like, kind of – you know, give their takes on it or whether or not he was unstoppable. So whenever I listen to other players that are retired talk about him, it's pretty cool because those are the conversations that are absolutely happening. The in-depth, like, yeah, and if I get a good jump on it, he's probably just going to come up underneath me. It's like he's an unstoppable force. And they're only – they're minus three and a half tonight, I think, in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Los Angeles is like when it comes showtime, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lamar Jackson is a showtime guy. He handles his press conferences with a lot of confidence. He told Deion Sanders that draft night, hey, they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. He's never shied away from the big moment at all. So you would think in Los Angeles with a lot of people that are going to be there specifically to see Lamar Jackson. This is just like when LeBron went down to Miami and they called themselves the Heatles, how they were selling out stadiums. Lamar Jackson is that for football right now because he's doing things that nobody's ever seen before. That Coliseum tonight is going to be a big-time Lamar Jackson spectacle. And minus three and a half sounds absurd to me, unless Aaron Donald could do something. And this also might be 
the people in the desert know a lot more than I do. I don't know how they always get it right. Yeah, it almost feels like a trap game kind of with the line being like that. It does. They've been winning by 50. Because everyone thinks the Ravens are going to kick their ass. Everyone. I, I with was the exception almost, of Vegas. I was almost going to tease them up to minus 10. Yes. What are the odds there? I might be completely wrong. I don't think so. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Lamar Jackson's unstoppable, by the way. Tommy John, the revolutionary underwear, loungewear, and clothing brand that guarantees a perfect fit, is getting extra ballsy this holiday season with an unbelievable offer exclusively for listeners of this show. Right now, you can shop Tommy John's biggest sale of the year and get 25% off the entire site. If you've had FOMO or fear of missing out for Tommy John, now's your chance to try or gift the most comfortable underwear and loungewear on the planet. Tommy John wants everyone to experience the amazing fit and feel of their products like breathable wedgie-proof underwear and ridiculously soft loungewear that are guaranteed to fit perfectly. Ladies, now's your chance to kiss visible panty lines goodbye or even upgrade to the most comfortable bra on the planet, Sam. It's the most comfortable bra on the planet. Ooh, are you going to get me one? That's right. I am going to get you one. You can also kiss those visible panty lines goodbye. And guys, you have to experience the horizontal quick draw fly that's put an end to fly fishing for good. Plus, you'll never get a wedgie guaranteed. If your first pair isn't the best pair you've ever worn, you get your money back. Give the gift of comfort this holiday season with limited edition gifts like loungewear and underwear from Tommy John. Plus, save 25% off site-wide when you go to TommyJohn.com and use code PAT. That's code PAT at TommyJohn.com. T-O-M-M-Y-J-O-H-N dot com. Code PAT. Wedgie-proof underwear, breathable underwear, ridiculously soft loungewear, non-visible panty lines for the ladies, and the most comfortable bra on the planet. Sounds like Christmas list is check, 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 checked off by your friends at TommyJohn.com, code PAT. Evan Foxy's in the back. His Lions uh, got defeated by the Washington Redskins. <laughs> this one's tough. Well, Foxy, it's tough because the tweet that you put out <laughs> before the game, because we have a FanDuel deal and we boost odds over there and we do a lot of things, Foxy and everybody has kind of, you know, gotten into giving out tips on who to gamble on. <laughs> yeah. sure. Foxy put out a tweet yesterday before the Lions game that said, hey, why don't you go ahead, take your mortgage, take your car, take... Whatever credit card you can max out, Mm -hmm. take all your clothes, all your shoes, grab the kitchen, and bet that thing on Jeff Jeff Driscoll Mm -hmm. and the Detroit Lions taking on the Washington Redskins. And, Evan Foxy, how many people are without a house and deeply in debt today because they chose to listen to a guy that went to Michigan State. Yeah, according to my responses on Twitter for the first time in my life, I was ratioed. A lot of people are going to be upset this Christmas Christmas because their kids are not going to have presents. Uh, shout out Hanukkah, too. I mean, yeah. yeah. Kwanzaa. I mean, and Kwanzaa. Well, no one said that in my uh, responses, but you get it. <laughs> oh. Wow. Whoa. Hey. Very selective group. Foxy has uh, following him. <laughs> oh, so it's only the people that believe in the sequel of the Bible that, uh, that follow along with Foxy? I just learned a lot about Foxy. Well, I would argue, though, if you've been following along, every single time I've guaranteed a Lions dub, 
they have lost. So if you've been following along, you fade Foxy, you're going to win money. So there that's are people e- that did that. That's too. easy to do, though, because the Lions lose what seems to be... Damn near every week. Which is almost surprising because the Redskins also lose... Damn near every week. But instead, Dwayne Haskins gets his moment where he gets a win, throwing zero touchdowns, mm-hmm. dropped one underneath to set up Old Hopkins for uh, the field goal to get the win there, misses the kneel down because he's taking a selfie. A lot of old whites, by the way, are Oh, upset. they love that. They love that move. Is that right? Oh, yeah. From what I've heard, the old whites, they hey, let's start love... a new se- let's start a new segment. What do the old whites hate today? Well... Apparently, uh, the old whites are not a fan of taking a selfie instead of uh, being in victory formation with the team. I could fathom that. I could see how the older whites would be like, hey, listen, you finally get a win in the NFL. There's been a lot of dramatics with you. You charge people to get into your draft party. Whenever you weren't starting earlier, you refused to hang around the starter to try to learn anything. Just last week, you were talking into a group of men about how you can help them as a starting quarterback in an interesting fashion, and none of them took you seriously, which tells me a lot more about how you're acting off the field than it does on the field. But you finally get a win. You're the face of the franchise, not only right now, but going forward. This is your first time winning in the NFL. You're excited. You want to pump up the fan base. You take a selfie, and in the process you missed the kneel down i actually don't hate it by the way who cares who cares they stink they are so bad at football he may never win another game in his entire career yeah. dwayne haskins might never win another nfl game but they should have a parade dwayne haskins should think about having a parade today <laughs> and maybe even miss practice for that because what are we playing for we're playing to celebrate the sport is a celebration sport you get a first down it's a celebration you stop them from getting a first down it's a celebration you score you celebrate you overturn a review you celebrate we're a celebration sport and he might, he might legitimately never in his entire life in this league, in that city where he grew up, ever win again. And, and Take how, a selfie, kid. How do we not know that he was like, you know what? I want Case to enjoy this with his teammates too, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He deserves it just as much as I do. Let him get out there in victory formation with the boys. Nobody's saying that. No one's saying Good that. Good teammate. Good teammate, Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> He's had a full spit take in his very expensive studio. <laughs> the thought of him caring about Case Keenum was no nah, man. Get Case in there. Let's get Case in there for well, the. I got a couple. <laughs> I got a couple quick photos lined up. Maybe we'll let old loser ass Case Keenum <laughs> taste a little glory once again. He had a Minneapolis miracle just a couple years ago. Fall from glory. Mm-hmm. Let him get this W here in victory formation with the Washington Redskins. Good for him. I'm happy for Dwayne Haskins getting that win though. I don't see a lot of success coming from there. No. Maybe partially his fault for how he plays football. He seems to be missing a lot, which didn't happen in college. So I don't know if you could just lose accuracy. I'd assume it would come back. But that organization ain't never. And they stink. That organization stinks. They're never going to be good again. Can't ever, be. Ever. Can't be. Especially with who knows what's going to happen with the Cowboys. I mean, that division stinks too. I mean, yeah. it, it, there's opportunity in that division too because of the overhype and underperform type thing that happens down there in Jerry World on a regular basis. If they get a coach, though, that might all turn around very quickly. A lot of people are saying Jason Garrett's at. Coaches that are potentially in Lincoln-Riley, 
Matt Rule, by the way, another guy who's down there who would be a great NFL coach. I think the Colts were already looking at him. Uh, He's the hottest coach in Texas right now. Matt Rule is a good dude. I've gotten a chance to meet with him. I think he probably could turn things around a lot of places. I don't always know how college coaches are going to do in the NFL because it's a very new world right now. It's different generations in the NFL, by the way. It's also grown men that you're dealing with. So will he be able to handle it? Maybe, maybe not. Will Lincoln Riley do well down there? Maybe, maybe not. That might take a couple years to turn it over though so if you're the Redskins you have a quarterback that you like you could potentially get some dubs in the division but instead you're always going to be the Redskins you're just going to stink and everybody knows it it's just like the Patriots offense is going to figure itself out we know that yep the Redskins are going to stink we We know know that Also, wild. I, I think you look at the Giants, if they get a good coach, I think Daniel Jones is good enough. Where in a, Saquon, too. Yeah, a couple years, like they might be the best team in that division. It's weird what's going on in Philly right now with Carson Wentz. I don't know if he's like trying to do too much or, or what it is, but I mean, that entire city has turned on him. You know, he was a savior a couple years ago, and they are all out on him now. Well, he looked last night like he was not very comfortable yeah. in the pocket. Looked terrible. Well, yeah, but I, I think the reason why he looked terrible is because he wasn't very comfortable in the pocket. So anytime you're not comfortable in the pocket, you start underthrowing, overthrowing. I mean, he overthrew a guy that was three yards away from him, which mm-hmm. is wild. And then you see on the other side there, I think the Seahawks' defense is a lot better than people give him credit for. I said this on Get Up. Michael Lombardi said this on our show a couple weeks ago. Michael Lombardi and the rest of the world had a narrative about the Seahawks' defense that everybody was pretty much understood. Russell Wilson was winning by himself in spite of the rest of the team that he had. Yeah, he had Lockett on the offensive side of the ball, but other than that, nobody. He had that new draft pick, but he wasn't ready yet. The defense couldn't stop a nosebleed and everything like that. But these last few weeks for this Seattle Seahawks defense, it feels like something's coming together for them. They didn't have Jadavion Clowney yesterday, and they were still getting to Carson Wentz on a very regular basis. The last four weeks, they've forced 12 takeaways. That is a lot of turnovers, and he get the ball into Russell Wilson's hands. Now we're playing the game. Now the Seahawks become a fully rounded team and just like Belichick, Thanksgiving week is when Pete Carroll hopes that his team's off and running. If they can continue to create turnovers and be a good defense like they were last night against Carson Wentz they had five turnovers. Carson Wentz had four of them. Mm-hmm. That's a lot without Jadavion Clowney. And Russell Wilson who had probably his worst game he's had all year still threw a couple tutters. He has this Henry Gardner appeal by the way. His legs could be all fornicated up and he just snaps the wrist and just drops it in a bucket. If they can continue to create takeaways, he can continue to play at his level that he's playing. Special teams picks it up. I mean, the Seahawks are a... I mean, they are going to be a contender. Now, the 49ers, though, standing in their way, standing in their division. Will be interesting to see how the Seahawks go through the wild card and everything like that. But boy, that team looks like they're damn good. Even though the Eagles look bad and once missed some easy throws. I think that Seahawks defense was the thing that stuck out to me the most. It's like, hey, this backdoor cover nightmare team that the Seahawks were because their defense couldn't stop anybody, is it feels like kind of coming together right now. The NFC, Michael Thomas down for the New Orleans Saints. His Twitter and social media handle, at Can't Guard Mike, might be the most accurate thing I've ever seen in my That's life. pretty good. He's a Teddy Bridgewater quarterback, doesn't matter. Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback, but everybody's like, well, he has Drew Brees. Also, Teddy Bridgewater, he's been doing things that nobody has done. People are saying, hey, this guy should be in the MVP conversation. I can agree with you there, but this is a quarterback-driven league. If a wide receiver wins the MVP, then the business changes on who has to get paid what. Just like the same thing with running back. That's why everybody says Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, they're never going to win it. The quarterback's going to win it. It's a quarterback league. But the fact that he's even being mentioned in there as a wide receiver, especially on Drew Brees' team, is something impressive, and he's going to get his every 
every single week. It's just whether or not that Saints defense can keep up with how the offense is going to go. And I think thus far they've proven that they can. Great special teams as well. The NFC is going to be a lot of fun to watch down the stretch. Yeah, it's it's weird. The Saints, because they, they almost seem like they've regressed a little bit since Breeze came back. They were so hot with Bridgewater and you know they had that hiccup against the Falcons. So it'll interest it'll be interesting to see if they kind of ramp things back up going towards the playoffs with Breeze and kind of are firing on all cylinders again. Sean Payton. He's getting trolled by Alberto Riveron. Mm-hmm. He's had a deal and win with a backup quarterback. He's done that. He's got a weapon as a wide receiver. Let's assume he gets cooking over there. And in the AFC now, everybody knows Patriots are in. Houston Texans and Colts are on a collision course for the South for the rest of the year. Who knows who that's going to be? Ravens are going to win the the AFC North. Mm -hmm. And then I think you got to give it to... Who's coming out of the AFC West? It's the uh, probably the Chiefs. The Raiders did themselves no favor losing yesterday. last night to the Jets. Yeah, that's why I was just about to. Because in my mind, I had Raiders were coming out of there, but then you lose to the Jets. That could turn a spiral, by the way. Yeah. Now the Jets obviously have been looking for just a little bit of glimmer of hope here the last couple of weeks because their fan base got all excited. Uh, then mono happened. Then they stink again, and then this whole thing. But the Raiders look like a team that could do it. Mm-hmm. But everybody's talking about now. Nah, uh, let's assume that the Chiefs and all their weapons are going to figure. It out started on Monday Night Football last week. Okay, so let's give it to the Chiefs. So then the Buffalo Bills have that first wild card spot locked up. Everybody's thinking they're eight and three right now. Let's assume they can continue to have success. So that second wild card spot, spot number six, there is going to be highly contested. Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans has been putting up incredible numbers. I guess they've been winning games. They get the ball to Henry Taylor, the one and the boys are shotgun and beers. The celebrations had a big guy touchdown. The Titans are going to want in there. The Colts are going to want in there. The Browns who put a thumping and a hurting on snowflake and the dolphins <laughs> yesterday. Are they all the way back? And the Steelers now got Ducky Hodges at quarterback. You might as well call Ducky Hodges. Duck fits magic. Cause that's what he is. Yep. Same type of appeal. He gets on the field and good things start happening. Ning. He's a good dude. Great dude. He's a world champion duck caller. Mm -hmm. And the other quarterback started the most vicious fight in NFL history. (laughs) He throws a helium balloon to his wide receivers. He might be a good quarterback down the line, but right now he's just not. Duck Hodges has this feel and this carefreeness that can really get them going. But that team around Duck Hodges is a good team in Pittsburgh. And that Cleveland team around Baker is a good team if they can get going. Now, granted, still coached by Freddie Kitchens. Yikes. So situationally, maybe some poor decision will be made at some point. Mm -hmm. But the Browns still have a shot at making it. They still got to play the Ravens. They still got to play the Cardinals, who we predicted last week is going to break some hearts around the holiday season. The Cardinals can do that in a couple different fashions for a couple different teams. Let's assume they will. And then you got the Titans and the Colts. And if it's not the if the Texans end up uh, losing the AFC South and the Colts are winning, then you got the Texans, the Titans, the Steelers, and the Browns all buying for one thing with a lot of good football left. I think. The, Mike Tomlin should be in consideration for coach of the year. I don't know, like he never gets talked about. He, and he I feel like he gets a bad rap. It might just be because we work with a couple guys who are from Pittsburgh, so you kind of hear the pulse of Pittsburgh a little bit more. And they're not necessarily against Tomlin, but you hear, oh yeah, Pittsburgh though. Right. They it, all it, think, it, oh, the Tomlin time is coming. It's like every year that someone's calling for his head. How many Pittsburgh fans thought that they would be 6-5 and five right now with a, a legitimate shot to go to the playoffs when Big Ben went out? None. Exactly. Hey, we got rid of Antonio Brown, left Bell. They were a problem. Mm-hmm. Get them out of town. 
Oh, and then old Tommy John takes a sneak peek at the NFL after living in the MLB for so long. Quarterback's out. You lose your three best players on the offensive side of the ball, still 6-5, and five, and Tomlin will never get credit for it. And they're still banged up. Juju didn't play this last week. He's still, you know, going through, like, the concussion issues. I think at this point, you just got to ride Ducks coattails and, and take you right into the playoffs. And you know what Ducks do? What's that? Fly together. <laughs> That's a great point. Like, I am a Colts fan through and through. Mm-hmm. Jim Irsay paid me a lot of money to be a Colts fan. Sure. I mean, these are facts. Mm-hmm. I'm a talking head. I'm a pundit. So I try to, you know, keep it straight down the middle. But this Colts team, that ball was out on Thursday night, first of all. That ball was out. Darius Leonard had it in his hand, was waving at Alberto Riveron, saying it was out. No review, no nothing. Probably because now that we know that Alberto Riveron's a spiteful man, right? what he did to Sean Payton and the boys for the pass interference overturn there, we can assume he did that against me there direct shot for the Colts. That's a direct shot at me, so I apologize for the Colts for that in Colts fan base. Now that I know a little bit more about Alberto Riveron, but the Colts can still win a lot of games. And if they get in a wild card and they're healthy... And they got that offensive line back pummeling people. Colts could be a weapon in there, too. But the Tennessee Titans, nobody's talking about them. Their head coach, Mike Vrabel, on Busting With the Boys this offseason, said he is 100% willing to take a sawzaw to his reproduction uh, uh, organ Organ, to win another Super Bowl. Didn't ask his wife, didn't matter, grows a mustache, got them boys playing down there. Had to make the big decision of benching Marcus Mariota, who was their franchise, to put in a former wide receiver, Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback. And they've done well and won some games. It's going to get close down here in the stretch. Thank you all so much for listening. You're the absolute best. For myself, Valerie Ann laying next to me, then Sammy Lynn, 24, next to her. Ty Schmidt, Evan Foxy, Viva Lizito, Todd Nick, Diggs, Gumpy, Billy, Jason, Old Block Dad, Boston Connor, and everybody else that is a part of our everyday life. We can't thank you enough for listening to our stupidness and everything else that rolls out of our mouth. Shout out to Josh Sitton for joining us today. He's got a good brain, that guy. Got a good brain, that guy. Talk about the Packers and everything going on in the world. Aside from that, if you missed the chat with Pat Sesh on Twitter yesterday, I hope you can join us for the next time. If not, send me a tweet, at Pat McAfee Show. It can be a GIF, it can be a picture, it can be anything. Just, you know, if it makes me laugh, you win some free merch. Which, by the way, tomorrow night, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Wednesday, midnight, the beginning of Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving sale begins and kicks off across our entire site, store.patmcafeeshow.com, an entire line of everything. We got ugly Christmas sweaters, we got great sweatpants, we got cool shorts, we got hoodies, we got sleeveless hoodies, we got t-shirts, we got hats, we got everything, you name it, we're excited to sell it to you at a discounted rate where we make next to nothing, but that's what it's all about. We're all in this thing together, one big team. Ty Schmidt, play some independent music, please. For those interested, this is Dream Away by Anasi. <laughs>